0: Welcome to The Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions.
1: Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Schroneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, we're back in the uh,
2: office here with you guys today.
1: Tricord in the house because we also have Mac
0: Daddy Pete Robertson. You know what just happened right there? Hair and makeup just left. No, no, this oh, is what happened. Oh, Barry wow. was thinking that you were going to go to me first, and then, <laughs> and then a curveball. You <laughs> first, and
1: he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! I'm on right away." It's wait. Baseball season. You got it a few curveballs, up on, so I can't go all
0: fastballs. I love baseball. It's it's a very boring exciting game to watch it is not boring <laughs> it is. baseball is the ultimate game i love baseball especially if it's like a pitcher's duel or something it's boring.
2: very rarely does anybody get hit
0: no it's not often <laughs> it's not like football i mean football and basketball is high octane right non-stop yeah. boom boom yeah. boom boom well you know what i always say to people that make comments like that
1: what? It's okay, baseball is a smart person sport,
0: it, it is, and it's like a chess <laughs> no game. No wonder <laughs> don't like it. No wonder it, it's like a chess game, it it is chess. A, it's, a, it's, it's a physical chess match, you know. That's basically <laughs> what it is because you're just it's all strategy, it's all analytics, it's all numbers, and you're just Crazy. playing the other person's weakness. The Tampa Bay Rays are 10 and 0, that is insane. They have not lost a game, and they've been winning by like five runs or One something. Or last night, last night. y'all can I'll keep
2: the baseball, next. I'll watch softball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, your daughter's My playing. Daughter yeah. so I,
2: I was watching in the rain last night.
0: MVP. I can't wait. I want to. I gotta go that see was, one.
2: Yeah, she got the ball, the game ball. The game week. ball.
0: That's right. That's exciting. But yeah, so that's um, that's happening right so now. That's been going on. What else is going? Oh, we got a trip that's coming up. When? <clears throat> so right now we're doing like a two hundred dollars special, like off of the per price. For the Footsteps of Moses Tour. So we're going June 24th, tw- June of 2024. Yeah, that's the 24th. No. June of
1: 2024.
0: And I think we might be there on the 24th, but I'm not sure. Anyway. We will. We will. So you can find out all of this information on the Riotpodcast.com. Just click on that main link and it'll take you and give you the itinerary and break down everything. And what? Producer? Oh, the banner. The producer was telling me that click on the banner on the Click on the banner. Yeah. Now,
2: I hear people on this tour is going to walk on dry ground.
0: Yeah, we will walk on cry ground. So we're gonna. Across you're the- you're carrying the actual uh the stick, the staff. Yeah, the staff. Oh oh, you're the one that's putting the foot in the Red Sea first, and you're the one that's putting down the staff to make it. So he can see Moses.
1: Wow, oh, I can't yeah. wait.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so it's and be, it's the camo gonna... races will be on. So one of the things we talk about is we're we're going to ride a camel in front of the um, pyramids. pyramids. And so we're talking about like, could we do like races? That would be fucking fun. I mean, come on. I'm going to win.
2: We got to remember this. Huh? You don't say to a camel, get up and go.
1: You know, what do you say?
2: Beat, 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 beat.
1: Huh? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? I've, I've seen it in the movies. <laughs> Uh, what, what was it? Uh, the mummy. The mummy. You're repeating something you don't know what it means? It's dangerous. dangerous. Go, get it
0: up. Go. You sure? We <laughs> <laughs> Hey, If you know what that really means, would you put in the comments? Well, look, I would love to hear what during, that really means. During editing, we might have to delete that part. <laughs> Just don't look it up. Don't look it up. Just
1: send, let it go, and then the, the listeners will let us know if it's bad. God
0: knows
2: my heart.
1: Uh,
0: That's right. With all of that laughter, join us on the footsteps of Moses. Man, and don't so sign me. up. Man, we're yeah. half full already. You the, do not want to miss this. The special ends March or May 31st. Oh, wait, there's more. Wait, May 31st of this year. So, 2023. So, you can sign up now, put your deposit in, deposit's $500 and uh that but will get us 200 dollars savings if they do it by the end of yeah May. per person so that's a good and we and we've already marked the price a lot lower than most people i mean like if a church sold this or they were sending it out it's so much less than what you would normally pay so it's worth it it's a 12 day both foots 13 day i think three total countries three countries so jordan israel and um egypt. egypt so we fly into egypt yeah it's exciting let's go all right, and then what else did we did this I last week? Go, it's
1: going to be amazing. I know, then, I can't
0: wait. Easter, yes, we had Easter. That was fun. The the tomb is still empty. It was, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so how did it go with you guys with over at Goat Church? It was awesome. I'm going to let
1: I'll let Barry talk about it, but it was uh, it it was a really special day. It was awesome.
2: You know, um, I really stepped out in faith. Really felt led to call more and and with more intensity people to. And uh, man, it was flooded with people at the altar, just crying, and, and lives being changed. And we talked about the victory that is not only a victory for for God, but it's a victory for us, and how we can walk in that victory. And we we were really encouraged, and lives were changed, changed and the power of the resurrection. Is still a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I we we did a we dropped a show last Thursday on did the resurrection really happen. And, um, I believe that we personally proved without a shadow of a doubt that it did happen. And there's no doubt in my mind. Um, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. But yeah, there's, I sensed a spiritual hunger, um, on Easter. And, um, I just, you know, from people I'm talking to, and I, I feel like the world is, and we're going to talk about the world system today, but the world is just not happy. And there's just a lot of chaos. Lot of evil and I think people are like I'm done with it you know I'm done with feeling this way I'm done with de- feeling hopeless I'm done with the pain and the agony that's happening and I just feel that you know there's a there's definitely a spiritual hunger that's happening we see little pockets of revival
1: yeah.
0: um we're we're seeing things that are happening and I'm I'm witnessing it with my own eyes um some people and as you shared just bear that there was a the altar was full of people repenting and um i feel like there's a there's a spiritual renewal hopefully we're praying or hoping that's our heart's desire you know yes. that's what we're doing what we do um but bob i don't know what was your thoughts
1: yeah I, I feel the same way and it's not just in our in our churches but i feel it around our country I mean, it's like it's we've we've come to a breaking point it's either revival or bust I yeah mean, i don't i don't think there's mm. any other option
0: mm. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. For those of you who live in america if you feel that same way you know let us know but that's just it's just kind of how I feel right now. It's either revival or bust.
0: And I can't, it kind of led us to where we're going with today's show. So we're, we're going to title it why our culture influences us. And, you know, if we're not careful as, as followers of Christ, man, we can be living in the world system in the world culture without even knowing it. And, 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 you know, we, we can, we can identify why we're going through what we're going through, why we feel the pain, why we have, the agony and the the worry and the fear that the world offers us and, and it's, we don't have victory. We're not set free from it. So we're going to kind of touch on that. It's just, you know, it's kind of like a, a precursor to our Sunday to the Easter, you know, it's like you're resurrected from the Lord. Now what, well, now let's learn the new system. Let's learn how are we to live a surrendered life according to God or our life. And so that kind of leads us to what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, let me go ahead and pray and yeah. get it going. Lord, we are just in all of you and so thankful and grateful that we get to do this together and we get to just share your truth and your word with our audience. And God, I just pray that you would speak to us deeply today. I pray that you would reach through the airwaves and, and Lord, that you would just open our hearts and our minds to receive your truth. I pray that you would help soften our spirits, Lord, to to, to reveal to us uh, where it is that maybe we are following the world system. Where are we following um, the lies that Satan has has put in front of us, God? And and then more than anything else, Lord, that you would reveal to us uh, the way that we can repent of it or turn from it, Lord. And Lord, you are the most important thing in our life. And Lord, everything in you is perfect. It's right. It's holy. It's good. Lord, we can trust you fully. You are faithful. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us, God. And, and so, Lord, it's, it's so important that we learn what it means to live in the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so, Lord, as we unpack this, Lord, help it, help it become real to us, help it to, to make sense in our minds, and, Lord, help us more than anything else to be able to apply these truths to our daily lives. And so, Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen amen thank you pete um you know it's just
1: what as you we were praying it was just occurring to me that you know there's so much let's not get caught up in the negativity i mean the whole point of the show is the show there is victory right yeah, amen and we as christians we don't need to be down just because we see things crumbling around us because right. we we know there's already victory and it's, as pastor burry was teaching this sunday at, at church it's like you know we need to just be focused on Need to be focused on that and be sharing that with others. Amen. I mean, God's not surprised by what's going on in our culture. Right. Speaking of our culture, our title of our show today is why our culture influences us. The the question we will attempt to answer today is why does the world's culture have so much evil in it and how does it
0: affect how we live? Yeah, we get that a lot. So why did that? Why did the Nashville killings happen? Why did this happen? Why is there so much evil? We're going to try to establish why. Excellent. In order for
1: us to answer this question, though, we must first give context to the question. We need to first talk about the tree of life. And as it was mentioned in Genesis, and Pete mentioned it in the prayer as well, and the tree of life is more than just a setting for a biblical story, it is a way of life. To discover why, we must delve deeper into Genesis chapter 2, the first biblical text that details the creation of the universe. God is described there as the creator and the ruler who possesses absolute authority and dominion over everything. Adam and Eve, their transgression, and the two trees in the garden are also discussed in chapter 2. If we wish to be set free from how our culture affects our lives negatively, we must comprehend both narratives brought to us in Genesis 2, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everything we learn in the Bible hinges on those two things. Every every day, we have a choice of living in the promises of the tree of life or in the lies of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life will bring you freedom, grace, eternal life, forgiveness, and the knowledge that God is good. The tree of knowledge of good and evil will bring you bondage, religion, or law, eternal death, and make you believe that God is judging and condemning you.
0: Wow, that was—I mean, that was—we we said a lot there, but there was it really set up, you know, the context of of where we're going, and it's and it's from a Christian's perspective, we really need to understand and identify what the Bible says of how we are to live and how we're to understand, um, you know, every aspect of our life, including how our culture influences and so forth. But let me just give a little context to that. So people differ in terms of their values, their beliefs, and their perspectives. Cultural differences can influence how people make decisions. It's vital to understand how these distinctions affect how you interpret and approach the decision-making process when deciding which decision is best. Who, Who you are, where you live, and your values all influence how you make decisions. We might easily be confused or distracted from a culture that has taken us down a path of ruin if our values are not aligned with what God's word says. The world culture is filled with evil and darkness, and the only way to counteract the effects of our civilization is to live in the tree of life. Hmm. And so it's very imperative for us to comprehend this and understand this. And I know this is not a subject that a lot of people will talk about, but it's something that we, it's very important to create the foundation for our our spiritual walk. So when studying the Bible, it is often wise to locate the first mention of a topic In our discussion today, we will learn to walk towards being set free while in communion with God. We will discover that what divides us from God and why the world, including the followers of Christ, prefer bondage over freedom and liberty. So I don't know, Barry, any thoughts of that opening kind of statement there? Yeah,
2: I I want to make a, a correlation. You know, when you look at the life of Christ and he says, this is the reason why I came. In John 10, 10, he says, Mm -hmm. I've come that you may have life and have it in its fullest. So this came back to put us back in the right tree, right? Mm -hmm. In the right relationship Mm -hmm. with God. And this understanding, this other tree is really a system that when, when you know some knowledge, it's experience. And when you have experience, those experience, uh, they rub off on you. They give you scars. They give you emotions. They give you, uh, uh, you know, just like I said, scars. But it always separates us from God. And when we made that choice to eat of the tree of the knowledge of evil, we, we, we cannot uh, blame Adam and Eve with that because it was all of humanity. All of humanity made that decision to do that. They were the, the fathers of all and the mother of all of humanity. It was all of us making that decision So we chose not to obey. And when we choose not to obey, we experience evil and good. And, uh, and we are always drawn to the dark side.
0: Yeah. Over the next <clears throat> three weeks, we're going to actually be talking about kind of these subjects. One of the, the subject is we're going to be setting up the tree of life. We're going to have another Um, Next week, I believe we're going to be talking about the tree of life a little bit more. We're going to talk about victimization and how we become victimized. Um, And we're going to go a little bit deeper into why we are so influenced by the culture. So this is kind of setting up a three-part series that we're going to be dropping over the next three weeks um, that just really help people, you know, learn how to know the difference and how to live a holy life. So, all right, let's get going. The Lord God made
1: all kinds of trees grow out of the ground trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Genesis 2.9. God gave specific instructions to Adam and Eve about one of these trees. Breaking those instructions would mean a very different life for Adam and Eve. The Bible reveals to us in Genesis 3 that this is the point in time when humanity first became estranged from God. Before Adam and Eve made that decision to eat from the tree that held the knowledge of both good and evil, they had a harmonious relationship with God. Adam was given dominion and power over everything that God had created.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> so basically, um, once they gave, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, they lost their authority. Um, once they gave into the, the, to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they lost the authority. We're going to explain that. But if they did not have this connection with God, that is, Adam would never be in a position of authority. Actually, talking about it now. Because Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating the forbidden fruit, they lost their authority. Through trickery and open disobedience, the serpent was able to usurp the authority and control that God had given them. Uh, According to the Bible, Satan's goal was to raise his throne to a position of prominence that would rival that of God's dominion. Isaiah 14, 13 tells us that man lacked the authority and influence necessary to establish rulership prior to his fall from grace. In John 12, 31, Jesus identified Satan as the one who Mm -hmm. rules over this world. So once, remember when um, Satan was tempting Jesus saying, hey, I will give you back authority over all of this? Well, that was what he was saying. So at the Garden of Eden, the the man lost the authority that it had. So the authority was they were able to name things, they were able to, you know, have a fellowship with God, whatever. But once they sinned, they turned over that authority to Satan. And now Satan, as it says in Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9, is now the God of all of the world except for Israel, right? Israel was the one land that was not... Um, Was not given over to Satan, but all of the other world, he had authority, he had dominion. When Jesus came back, he then took back that authority, he took back the holiness, and that now through Jesus, we now have authority, but not in our own name, we now have authority in Jesus name, and we now have dominion and power over all of Satan. Remember in Revelations when it says, "Who is worthy to take the scroll?" That was the title deed. Okay, so that's the title deed that Satan was able to take. But in Revelations, now that title deed was taken back. Only Jesus was able to take the scroll. Only He was able to take back authority. And so now in Jesus, we so we brought we lost that in the Garden of Eden. It's very important for us to understand the context of this. Barry, any thoughts to that?
2: Yeah. It was the choosing of two paths, the choosing the path of obedience or choosing the path of disobedience, doing what we wanted to do. And all that Satan did is, is question the heart and love of God towards Adam and Eve. And he said these words, he says, God's holding back. He doesn't want you to be like him. And, uh, that God does not want what's best for us. And that is such a lie. And that whole kingdom, that whole decision was built upon a lie. And he's still lying today. And is still a culture, a kingdom of lies. And, and uh man, we gotta we gotta go back to obedience. We have gotta turn our back on disobedience. And that's exactly what repentance is, right? It's the turning from disobedience and turning back to obedience to God. Yeah. And obeying him.
0: Yeah. Instead of seeking after knowledge to make ourselves smart, we need to surrender that and trust in God and then let God make us smart. So it's just a whole different kind of mentality. But let's let's go on because we're going to go into that Barry a little bit deeper, what you just talked about. All right. According <clears throat> to Colossians
1: 121, we have in the past been very distant from God. You were his adversaries, and the wicked things you thought and did, you kept the kept you at a distance from him. Sin causes division, and because because of this division, we lose both our liberty and the authority over Satan that God grants to those who are his children. But the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ put an end to this alienation. He restored our relationship with God. According to what is said in Colossians 1.20, God used the shedding of Christ's blood on the cross to make peace with
0: everything in heaven and on earth. Uh, you cannot experience freedom from our culture if you refuse to acknowledge that without Jesus shed blood, you are cut off from God. You lack all power and have no other means to interact with him. John fourteen six says that he is the way He is the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Make sure you are resolved in your decision to accept Jesus as your personal savior or discussion or our discussion today about how not to allow our culture to influence our decisions will be fruitless. And it's like what you were just saying. It's, mm. it's, the repent of heart is the vital truth here. Mm. There is no other way. So we have to acknowledge that there's only two options. One option is the way of the world, and it's the way of Satan. And the other option is God and letting God be God of your life. But in order to do that, you have to renounce the world system. You have to renounce the way of tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what's, that's what is being said. That's what's at stake here. I don't know. Barry, did you want to add anything to that?
2: Well, I, you know, I'm still thinking about what you, you were saying about the dominance and having dominion that we gave up our dominion. You know, when, when guy said, I give you all of this, the animals, the, the, the fruits and the vegetables and the trees, I I give you the dominion. And when we fell, we gave that up, man. that, That really puts a lot of things to me Perspective. And, and, uh, to gain that dominion back is, is through the path of repentance, yep. and it's through the path of, of realizing that it takes death to pay the penalty of sin and that there's only one blood that's righteous enough to pay that, that penalty. And, you know, when, when in revelation, when it was talking about that scroll, it was the the, the lamb that was slain mm-hmm. that was worthy to take mm-hmm. up that mm-hmm. scroll and mm-hmm. to bring back the keys mm-hmm. and to give us back the dominion and restore mm-hmm. what the enemy has stolen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make this statement right now is that you cannot imagine and it's camouflage. You cannot imagine how much this world system hates you mm. and wants to destroy you. Mm. And wants what is opposite of good for your family and in your ministry mm. and in your home. He hates your guts and more than we can ever imagine. He wants to destroy us. Mm-hmm. And that system wants to destroy us. Yep.
0: And, and again, our culture has made us believe that we have to depend upon the system. And what Jesus told us is, no, you don't have to depend upon the system. You can, wor- you can wor- uh, let me be in control of your life. You can let me provide for you. You can let me, as as Garden of Eden was, as as Adam and Eve lived, they had authority over everything. So now the Bible says, not by my might nor by my power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. I now do not live in my own authority, but I live in the authority of Jesus' name. And so in Jesus' name, Satan, you have no power and authority. In Jesus' name, Satan, you cannot defeat me because Jesus says, fear not, for I have overcome the world. And if he has overcome the world, we now in Jesus' name have power and authority to overcome the world as well. And so we don't have to give in to this world system. We don't have to give in to the lies of Satan. We now can take back authority and so that we can live in a peaceful holy, joyful life. And that is in the name of Jesus and letting him rule. So, wow. all right, we're going to cover even more. So let's just really dive good. deeper. Really gonna, good. This all is right. going to go deeper, deeper, deeper as we
1: go. <laughs> let's take a closer <laughs> examination of the original sin that caused division and all the problems we face in the world today. Let's again read Genesis two nine. It says, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's hard to say, huh? It's sometimes it's like a little tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. In in verses 16 and 17, it says, But the Lord God warned him, meaning Adam, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And then Genesis 3 And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God
0: among the trees of the garden. Mm. I think we can answer two questions here. What did Adam and Eve do? And who is doing what? After eating from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve felt ashamed. They hid from God and covered themselves out of humiliation. And Genesis 3, 9 says... Then the Lord God called to man, where are you? And, and, and when we sin, okay, when we are following the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is there to convict the world of sin. Okay, so the Holy Spirit's job in the world today convicts the world of sin. And if we're a child of God, if we're chosen and set apart for by him, Then the spirit of God is living within us and the spirit of God is living within us is revealing to us those things of sin. Immediately, what happens is we then begin to be shamed. We hide from God. And so a lot of the problems that we have today, a lot of our issues, a lot of our setbacks, a lot of our hangups, a lot of our addictions, a lot of that is stemmed from this shame. So when God says I I love you, period, and you say, God, how could you love me? How could you love this? I've made all these bad mistakes, I've done all of these wrong things. And we go and we hide from God. And so what this is saying here is that God is saying, No, I love you, period, but you are you've made a choice that has now separated you from me. And they're acknowledging that in this in this verse, they're acknowledging that okay, we are now different. We are now changed. And when we sin, we are separating ourselves from God and God's never left us. we're going to get into this. We're going to get into the pursuit of God. We're going to get into that. He never leaves man, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And that's what's taking place.
2: Yeah, man, I tell you, uh, when, when they chose to eat free of the knowledge of good and evil it says that their eyes was open. What would their eyes open instead of Having a visual focus on God, they started to look at themselves, and just like you're saying, it makes all the sense in the world. Is that there was an insecurity born? Oh yeah, I I don't measure up. Uh, I I I'm not beautiful. I'm not this. I'm not that. And that was an evil thought because God saw Adam and Eve, this precious sons and precious daughter, his, the, the pinnacle of his creation and he loved them. And, and then they, they were questioning their acceptance. They were questioning their love and they hid for the very first time they were separated from, and, and, uh, that was a, a icky, (laughs) ugly, ugly feeling. Yeah, it really was. It was like being sick for the first time.
0: It, it, they, they only knew God's love and favor. That's all they've known. They never experienced evil. They have never experienced their separation from God. It was, it was new to them. It was like, what in the world is this? And, and, and it opened their eyes to a, to a place that God never intended for them to have. They were never supposed to experience that, but they made a choice and now they're gonna have to reap what they sow. And now there's gonna be consequences to their choice. And there is separation from God, but Jesus. And we're going to get into that. Let's go on. Well,
1: notice that Adam and Eve hid, and God went seeking after them. So according to what we just read, God is looking for wicked, sinful people to save. Like us. like Yeah, right? The fact that God loves sinful men is evidenced by the fact
0: that he sent his son, Jesus, to save people. So I, I, I just, let me just read this kind of a, a, a scenario to kind of help put this in perspective. So consider if you had a 16 year old son who was caught stealing money from his workplace, instead of contacting the cops, the store owner showed your son kindness and brought him to you. When your son enters your home, he instantly drops his head in shame. And when, and when he looks up, he notices that you're angry your first reaction is to, is to tell him how wrong he was and to ask him what he was thinking. Your first instinct is to discipline your son so that he never does something like this again. But this is not how God reacted when Adam and Eve were caught in their sin. God never condemns us or attempts to make us feel guilty or sh- ashamed. Our sin does that. God pursued Adam and Eve in love in order to reestablish relationship with them. Granted, sin separated them from God, but it never altered God's love for them or desire to fellowship with them. What if your son came in and was not repentant, claiming, I didn't do anything wrong. I was only borrowing the money. I plan to repay it. How would your relationship with your son be if he showed no remorse? Would you stop loving him? Of course not. But your relationship with him would not be as close as it should be. It would be difficult to have an intimate relationship with your son in the way that it was intended when he refuses to repent of his wrongdoing. Sin separates us from God. Only repentance allows us to have close fellowship with him. He never ceases seeking or loving us. All he wants is, to, is for us to establish a close communion with him. We want to discipline our son, yet God sometimes punishes us, especially when we know better, Hebrews 12, 6. But perhaps more importantly, God's approach to us is to love us despite our sin, not in a condemning, angry, pointing-the-finger sort of way, but in a Father-forgive-them-because-they-know-not-what-they're-doing type of way, Luke 23, 34. What if we love people the way God loves us? What if we stop pointing fingers and expressing our anger at them and simply love them like Jesus with gentleness and agape love? It is his love coupled by his kindness towards us that leads us to repentance, Romans 2, 4. Not his condemnation and making us feel awful for our actions, Romans 8, 1. James 4, 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Before the fall, Adam and Eve's loyalty was solely to God. But after the fall, the world became a distinction between them and God, a distraction between them and God. God is holy. In order to enter his presence, we must repent and draw near to him. To not be a product of our culture, we must accept Jesus as a good God that loves us deeply. So that kind of puts it in perspective of this, what happened with Adam and Eve. I mean, they they were hiding and seeking to go somewhere else and God saying, uh-uh, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. That's Bear. You
2: know, one of the things I, I think of he he approached them tenderly, he approached them, allowed them to talk to him. Is who told that? Who what have you done? And he allowed them to confess that to him, but he took them, clothed them. And what does that tell us? Mm. He took a precious animal in the garden and slayed it. Mm. I mean, just blood and Mm. death entered the garden for them. Yep, yep. And he showed them that this is what sin does. When you disobey me, this is what happens. There's a separation. But every time that there's sin, there's death. And the word death is really the word separation, isn't it? Because God is, is saying that, and, and what the Bible is showing us is that we die as we make the choice to turn away from God, that when we turn to God, we're turning to life, but, but to choose something other than God and to choose this culture, we are choosing death. And, and that is, that is what stands out to me with, mm-hmm. with this part of the discussion.
1: Good, It's a good picture. Uh, me, I think it just reminds me of how many people in a, myself included, in the past where we look at God as he's just, you know, he's a God who's trying to catch us doing something wrong, right? And I I love this story about the, you know, the the son getting caught and doing this stuff because it kind of puts it into perspective. It's like, no, you still love him. I mean, the the relationship's harmed, but the love isn't harmed. And I I think that's, you know, it goes back to how do we view, you know, or what, what we think about when we think about God. You know, do we think he's just this... Is this cosmic killjoy who's yeah. trying to catch us doing stuff wrong, yeah. or is he a loving father? Yeah. And how we look at God—I mean, it's just really, really important. Yeah,
0: yeah, he Satan is doing everything he can to get you to run away from him. Satan is getting you to believe the lies that he's telling you. Right. And and by doing that, you're separating yourself further from God. And what God is constantly telling you is, I love you. You're you're. I will forgive you of your sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And that's what God is saying. And that's what he's telling people. And so one of the hangups or the reason why we believe our culture and we get caught up into that is because we, we don't allow and accept God's forgiveness. We do not see him the way that the Bible talks about him, right? We see him as a killjoy and it's not God not to lie. So if you're sinning and you're caught up in the world system, all you have to do is repent of it right now. Just run to him and God's going to accept you. He's he will he leave. will run
1: to you like the the story in the prodigal son that's right he will run to you. That's it. Well, that's a good segue into our next statement. Right. God will never leave his children behind. We are the ones who decided to leave him. God is constantly there looking for us and longing for fellowship with us. By consuming the forbidden fruit, Adam and Eve had acknowledged that they committed sin. When we favor the ways of the world over God's promises, we are guilty of sin. The foundation of the world culture is enhancing one's own self-image into the image of their own or being their own God. Whatever truth they consider superior becomes their God, and their behavior will will reflect their beliefs. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, back to the story, when our son sinned, his God became his notion that what he needed at the time was money. It was worth the risk to him. However, the Bible warns us that our sin will find us out. Numbers 23, 23, or 32, 23. And that no matter how far we run from God in our wrongdoing, we will eventually be caught and face the consequences. In those moments, we must choose whether to yield to a loving, merciful God or continue running from him in quest of our next truth based on how we wish to see the world apart from God. So anytime that we take ownership, It is us saying that I am God. I know best. I want this. God's truth is not best. God's way will not bring me the peace that I want. This money at this moment is what's going to bring me peace. But the Bible is very clear. We reap what we sow. There's consequences to the choices that we make. And and God is saying, hey, I can help relieve those pains right now. All you have to do is surrender that, repent of that, turn from that, and walk in fellowship with me, and I will restore you. I will bring uh, uh, righteousness into your life. I will bring goodness into your life. I will provide for you. I will take care of you, and I will fulfill everything that you have ever needed. I will be all of that for you.
2: You know, one of the things that's coming to my mind is that when we choose it to do God's way, that really is a narrow way.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it's it's cut and dry. It's one way, but any other way that we choose other than God, it, it, the enemy, the culture, the the God of this world, the 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 system, this world, it doesn't care what else we choose. If we choose something other than God's way, and one of the one of the ways I have been caught is what I would call religion, and. What is religion? Religion is man trying to find his own way, we would say, to God, but it is a hidden agenda. Religion is not man trying to find God, but really trying to become God. Good. And man, that is exactly what Satan wanted in the garden. He wanted Adam and Eve to Mm -hmm. lust like he lusts to become God himself.
0: Yep very
1: good well that's why you always say pete about religion
0: that sucks <laughs> i i can't we we've done so many shows on that i just i mean I'm of, i can't i hate i hate religion with a passion it does everything wrong
1: if if the name of our show wasn't the riot podcast it would be religion sucks that's podcast it. no that that's would it. probably be the, the second choice oh
0: it destroys lives it does it, it destroys world's nations it's horrible all
1: right. All right, the world operates according to the efforts of its own inhabitants and is governed by Satan's fault, falsehoods or lies. Anything that we place our faith in besides the God of the Bible is a deception perpetrated by Satan. Once we have exhausted ourselves and realized that we cannot continue living a life apart from God of the from the God of the Bible, we begin to see ourselves in his light mm. and recognize how depraved we truly are. Amen you know we have addictions hang ups self protection in our lives uh, all of that is because we have made other gods more essential than god the reality forces th- this reality forces us to confront the fact that we have sinned and we think god will not be pleased with us so we hide
0: yeah and it's and it's it's the hard part is to identify those gods and so you know in and- if we're, if there's certain decisions or certain things that we do. So when, when someone confronts us, how do we respond to them? Do we lash back out? Do we have, do we put up guards? Um, are we, uh, do we have the fighter mentality? Do we get upset? Do we get angry? You know, there's a lot of ways to tell if we have other gods in our lives and it's, it's, you know, and it's how you see people when people wrong you and when things take place. You know, there's self-protection all over the place, and we immediately lash out at those people. We have fear, we have worry. That means that there's a lot of gods that are in your life. There's a lot of things that you've made, a lot of decisions that you have made. That is that you need to relinquish over to God and say, "Hey, I've I've made wrong. I've I'm hiding from God by 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 trusting these things and so forth." But God does not respond to His children in wrath, but with grace. We don't need to hide behind our hangups and addictions any longer. He loves you, period, and wants you to run to him and stop hiding. The lie that God does not love you or desire fellowship with you is false. There is no amount of sin that can separate you from his love. But the truth is that we are still tempted to flee from him when we sin. We're tempted by our culture and all that God wants from us in restored fellowship. All he wants is this restored fellowship, but we have... Got to stop running and just accept his forgiveness. He is kind, loving, and does not condemn you. And so if we're not if we're not intimate with him or learning or really meditating on a lot of our hangups, and I and I think and there's there's a curriculum out there from natural discipleship called Keys to Being Set Free. And part of this, this curriculum, what it's doing is it's, it's walking people through to see all of these hangups that are in their life. And if we don't meditate and realize that, how many we have, they just control us. We're, we're operating in the world system and they're controlling us and we're not free from them. And we cannot experience the fruitfulness or the, the abundance that God wants to give us through the tree of life. And so it's, 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 it's us finally saying, you know what? I should not have been angry at that person. Or I. why am I making that decision? Or why am I protecting myself from that? Or why am I doing these things? And we have to identify at that very moment, the reason being is because we have other gods. We're running from God. We're accepting our own truth. We've accepted our own reality and we have not surrendered to God and trusted him with it because we're fearful of what he might say. We're fearful of the change that it might come in our life. Or maybe we're just ignorant and we don't know. And so we don't have a relationship with God that can help reveal these things to us. And so that's kind of what's going on Bear.
2: Yeah, it's the issue of trust. And and what do we run to when we are desiring comfort or pleasure? And that is our God. And uh, the door was opened in the garden to run to a system that is not of God. And we got to acknowledge that. We gotta, we gotta admit that we gotta repent
1: of that. Amen. All right, the fruit gives us knowledge of right and wrong. What exactly was the fruit? Don't know. You don't know? No. Was it an apple?
0: Pomegranate. Pomegranate. I don't. Know. Pear. Yeah. Banana. Sure.
2: <laughs> I used to think it was sex. Yeah. Who knows? I was told as a kid that they had sex in the garden. That, you know,
0: that was the fruit eaten. They did the naughty. but <laughs> they were husband and wife. It was, I don't know, maybe it wasn't before. God was the one that was going to create a man. We weren't supposed to procreate. There's pain in that.
1: All right, rabbit hole. Yeah, that's a whole... All right, most Bible scholars are, I'm going to just move on. Most Bible scholars are uncertain as to the precise nature of the fruit, but we do know that Adam and Eve were different after they partook of it.
0: That is a fact.
1: After their actions were done, their minds were open to new concepts, worldviews, and perceptions of good and evil. God, before they ate the fruit, was essentially telling Adam and Eve that it would change their way of thinking. It would drive a wedge between them. It would alter their viewpoint, and they would no longer be able to relate to and comprehend him. But Satan lied to them and said, thinking this way won't affect you, as God is saying to you. It will only make things better. (laughs) Yeah. He still uses that lie, doesn't he?
0: And it's like, you know, when we sin... The truth, here's the truth. When we sin, we do have a moment of euphoria. We have a moment of, if it's happiness, I don't know the right word. If there's a moment of, you are know, like, oh, satisfaction, right? Um, and that satisfaction then leads to another satisfaction. That leads to another satisfaction. And then eventually it, it, it causes us to ha- have hangups and addictions. It causes us to start believing a world system, a world of lies, and, and what slowly happens is we create habits and we create a, a way of life that is contrary to surrender. It's contrary to, to giving, um, authority over to Christ that we are in control. We are dominate the, the narrative. And, and what God is telling us always is constantly they, when know the word of God, know the truth, allow the truth to penetrate your heart deeply and then be obedient in that. And part of that obedience is surrendering over control of these bad habits, of these things. And it's just, it takes discipline. It takes hard work. It's not easy. Listen, it took a lot of work to get you into the glutton mentality. It took you a lot of work to get you into the pornographic mentality. It took you a lot of work to get you into a greed, into money first, everything. It took a lot of work to get there. You're screwed up. It took you a long time to get there. But God says that the same discipline that you put into that, by His authority, by His power, you can be set free from what has been causing all of this pain and all of this agony that's in your life. And you can have, as Barry said at the very beginning of the show, you can have abundant life. You can be set free from all of that. So when we pursue quick fixes for our problems, we convince ourselves that what we are doing will only make things better. But most of the time our goals are not to harm are not to harm ourselves, but to assist us in coping with what we're experiencing. You can't know everything unless you attempt to what take the fruit, as Adam and Eve were told. You know, I how do I know if if I'm gonna marry the right woman unless I have sex with her before that? How do I know if it's gonna work? Or how do I know what what it feels like to be drunk unless I get drunk? Or how do I know if whatever that is, whatever excuse we make, whatever we make ourselves believe to make it right. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's only going to hurt us or hinder us. As Adam and Eve, the, the same thing occurs when Adam and Eve, um, wait, the same thing occurs when we convince ourselves that our actions that are contrary to God's truth are acceptable. It is essential to note that God did not condemn knowledge. He simply stated that he has all the knowledge that you need, and to seek truth elsewhere is not of him. And so it's he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one that writes the next chapter. We have to trust him with that. We can't make things happen, kick in doors and try to force things. We have to go at his pace, have eyes to see, ears to hear, trust him, fellowship with him, run to him when we sin, run to him when we're not feeling right, run to him when life is all going crazy, run to him when circumstances are overwhelming you, run to him when someone hurts you, run to him when you feel pain, run to him when you're confused, and just rest and just worship him and allow his goodness to overflow in your life, and then you can be set free. Don't run to the problems. Don't run to the issues. Run to Jesus.
2: You know, as I'm thinking about what you're saying, Pete, what is the opposite of surrender? That's what God wants. He wants surrender. The opposite is self-fulfillment. And I am enticed to to take things in my own hands and self-fulfillment and make myself become something, feel something, be something. And, And that's all we need to come back to that God is enough, and he, like you're saying about the knowledge, that he is all truth, and that we, we have everything we need in him and that relationship.
0: Yeah, the YouTube is good to a point. Self-health books are good to a point, but if they are contradicting the word of God, and if they are not bringing you to the truth of God and trusting him first, when we're sick, we don't need to just go to the doctor first. We can say, God, you're the, you're the healer. Of my life. Go to him. When you have a headache, we don't just go to the pillbox. Go to him. And it's like learning in every aspect of our lives to trust him with our lives instead of trusting man or the world system with our life. It's just a different mindset.
1: Since the beginning of time, humans have craved wisdom. God genuinely approves of this desire. In fact, in the book of Kings, the book of first Kings, God appears to King Solomon in a dream and asks him, what do you want? I will give it to you if you ask. Solomon requests one thing, the knowledge to lead Israel in the capacity to distinguish between good and evil. This is 1 Kings 3, 10 through 13, uh, Following, coming up here. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom, Solomon, in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever or will ever have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for. I will give you riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life.
0: So Solomon, in his wisdom, understood that he is tempted to try to control ruling Israel on his own effort. He got it. He understood that that he was going to face circumstances. He was going to face um, obstacles that that could possibly put a wedge between him and God. And so Solomon humbled himself and said and realized in that moment, okay, I can't do this without the wisdom of God. I can't lead these people properly to, to worship him. The way that god desires for us to worship and that's why remember in that uh in kings where it talks about the anointing of the spirit when the temple was made it's just like it would overwhelm them because god's presence was upon them is because solomon was saying i'm removing myself and i'm making god the priority so why we get ourselves in hang-ups and problems and all of that is because we're seeking wisdom we're seeking knowledge we're seeking truth Why am I going through this? You know, let's go on to, you know, WebMD, you know, whatever it is. We're just constantly seeking, 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 seeking. And if we're not careful and we're not filtering it through what God's word or God's truth is, we can start believing a culture's influence upon our lives. And slowly we start fading away from the reality of God's truth. And so that's what God is teaching us here. Godly wisdom comes from God and respects God. God. Godly wisdom begins with fear of God and leads to a holy living. Worldly wisdom, on the other hand, is preoccupied with pleasing oneself rather than honoring God. With worldly wisdom, we can become educated, street smart, and have common sense. That allows us to effectively play the world's game. Godly wisdom allows us to plan for eternity. We exchange earthly values for biblical values with godly wisdom. First John 2.15 says that. We realize that we are heirs of another kingdom and make decisions that reflect that choice. Philippians 1.27 says that. Having godly wisdom means striving to see life through God's eyes and acting appropriately. Don't believe the lie of our culture.
2: You know, God says, my ways are not your ways. And, and the psalmist writes that his ways are so much higher than our ways, and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And when we seek the the wisdom of this world, we we are are trying to find a place here, and and uh, it just doesn't add up. It just it, it will never fulfill. It is always empty, and it's always uh, pointing towards fulfilling self.
0: Oh, amen.
1: You know, I as we were reading that, Pete, my my first thought was, man, I wish I wish our leaders, you know, would would seek wisdom like Solomon, mm. and and God just put on my heart. We all need to do that. Amen. We need to be seeking that wisdom to run our families yeah. to to run our businesses, Ooh. to lead to run to lead in in every aspect of our life. It's not just kings and presidents. It needs to be done in our houses at yeah. our at our kitchen table.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, be careful what books you read. Be careful yeah. of what YouTube channels you watch. I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's so influenced. It's so infiltrated into right. our, you know, I have the right answers to how to raise your family. Yeah. Dude, you start looking at it. There's a lot of good in it probably, but man, it's not filtered in the word of God. Wow. the way you lead your family is get your family on your knees before the Lord to worship him and to learn to surrender to him and walk in him in the tree of life. Amen. And in a lot of the world, the world never going to do that. Yep. And so we have to be very careful when we're seeking wisdom. All right.
1: The book of Proverbs um in the bible is classified as the as the wisdom literature proverbs is a is a full of life changing is full of life changing advice many proverbs contrast the wise and foolish and warn against repeating foolish behavior see proverbs 335 uh, 14, 24, 1424 157 and 2611 everyone makes mistakes but the wise learn from them and take steps to prevent making them again the stupid or unwise, we say stupid? Well, that's the right word. The stupid. stupid or unwise may repeatedly make the same error and never learn from their lesson. Our culture. smart, man. Um, yep. Our culture is made up of a bunch of people seeking wisdom from the God of lies. And all he does is lead people into heartache and pain, which is a, a vicious, vicious cycle of stupidity. It
0: is. It is stupid. Anytime we make a decision, it is utter stupidity. We make a decision that is not the very best decision. That's stupid, right? God is saying, I have the very best for your life. I will always bless you. I will always take care of you. I will always provide for you. And if you make a decision apart from that, you're making a very stupid decision because it's always going to lead you to destruction. It's always going to lead you down a path that's never going to bring you hope. It's never going to bring you peace. It's never going to bring you joy. And it's never really going to answer your question. It's only going to make you more confused. And you're going to keep seeking. You're going to keep looking. And you're going to be in this cycle of stupidity until the day you die. And that's the truth. And that's the reality of it. God-given insight is very different from conventional wisdom. Differentiating between the two is possible by looking at their individual traits. First, God's wisdom is unadulterated. It's devoted to peace and harmony, gentle at all times, ready to submit to others. It's abundant in mercy and good works, without partiality, and it's always sincere. Where knowledge from the world is jealous, it's self-centered, it's materialistic, it's unspiritual, driven by evil desires, with a win-at-all-cost mentality. We make decisions all the time, and even the simplest ones can be made with God's wisdom. By imitating God, we can grow more like Him by using godly wisdom. His acknowledge draws us nearer to Him. The wisdom of this world causes us to sin, which separates us from God. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, the wisdom of this world destroys you and destroys us makes you find un- of the of, of the poor and the hurting so that you can gain advantage it hurts people it destroys them. his wisdom is is peace loving surrendering
0: yeah, and pe- satan makes you lie that that oh you find wisdom in religion and he'll li- he'll make you believe that there's religion or all different religions and you got to you got to do right. this and do this and it's legalism, and it's stupidity, and it's hurtful, and it's pain, and it's controlling. And I'm telling you, get away from religion. If you need help on that, call us. And we'll talk to you about religion. That's
1: right. Adam and Eve did not accept God's wisdom when they chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They rejected it, and the fruit ended up bringing death upon them. Um, Genesis 2, 16-17 says, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, you will surely die. Consuming fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the pursuit of godliness is lethal. Amen. Satan did not tempt Eve with open defiance. Go ahead and eat the fruit, he said. It will make you like God. Satan tempted Eve by appealing to her desire to be like God. Mm. It is important to note that the desire to know everything runs counter to the desire to trust God completely. We would rather gain knowledge and try to control our, own, control our own lives than to rely on God to provide it for us.
0: It's, it's our culture has lied to us so long that it's so hard to surrender our wills unto God. We don't trust him. What we look at is people in religion. We look at the church and we say, man, this guy molested me when I was a kid. Or this guy lied to me or this, this pastor was just drinking and getting drunk on his own time. Or the person in the leadership team, they just had an anger and they were beating their wives or whatever it is that made us believe that, that God is not a loving God or a good God. And so we've rejected him. And so we've, we've gained, um, we would rather gain knowledge and control over of our own lives and never trust God with our lives because we just can't, we just can't see that he's good. But in Genesis 3, 22 through 24, it says that Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden because they resembled, resembled God in the knowledge of evil. God is holy, and he cannot tolerate sin. So he had to expel them. Isaiah 59, 2 says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Adam and Eve did not die physically in that moment, but they did die spiritually death entered the human race as a result of Adam's disobedience. Because of this, we are all born spiritually dead in need of a new life. The good news is that we now have access to the tree of life thanks to Jesus. Over time, we will become more like him if we pursue him in our desires for godly wisdom. Thoughts on that, Bear? Because we're getting to the close here.
2: Yeah, I just want to say this show is a wake-up call for you and I to realize that there is a God system, there's a world system, and a world culture that is absolutely against you and me and the things of God. And we've got to wake, wake up to that, that this world system, this culture wants to destroy you and your family and wants you to make the wrong decisions, wants you to make poor choices, wants to see you fail and uh god is totally against that god wants
1: to see you have life and have it to the body.
0: amen amen let's just go, let's so, just go to the end here yeah so let's do one more up. and
1: then we'll close so in first 1 peter 1, 13, it says therefore concentrate your minds with the strictest self-control and fix your hopes on the blessing that is coming for you at the appearing of jesus christ don't let society convince you into thinking things are great when they're actually pushing us farther away from God. We have to tell ourselves that God's ways are the best ways, and that Satan's and the world's ways are not the best, but in fact a lie. In fact, when you're tempted to follow the world's system, you should say out loud, no, that is a lie from Satan, and then say, in the name of Jesus, get out of my mind, and quote God's word into your life.
0: There's something about um And I've learned this way back when I was, um, I've, I've always dealt and dealt with the lust of my eye. And when I started learning, no, in the name of Jesus, no, when I started claiming that out loud and speaking that immediately it altered my shift. It changed the way it looked. I wasn't doing it in my own power. I was doing it in Jesus name and I was able to have victory in that moment. And it's the same thing with anything like in my spirit, when I'm wanting to talk with people and someone says something and I want to respond in a, in, a, in a non-godly way, in my spirit, I'm saying, no, in the name of Jesus, no, that is not the best way. And then God immediately reminds me, I want you to now speak life into that. I want you to now encourage that person. I want you to now elevate them above yourself. I want you to look at them higher than yourself. I want you to be decreased and then increase other people. And when I do that, there's always victory. There's, I have freedom in that. I have, I'm no longer trusting in my own worth. I'm no longer trusting in my own self. I am now being obedient and walking in the stillness and the humility of what God has given. And it's only by his name, it's only by what he's done. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's a way of life that's so much grander. There's so much more fruit. There's so much more peace when you live that way. God never turned his back on Adam Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve's eyes that were open to see God's holiness. That is why they hid themselves from God and covered up his nakedness. They were ashamed and afraid of God's reaction to their choice, Genesis 3a. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from God, Lord God among the trees. Adam and Eve believed Satan's lies and God would punish them. But the truth is, God sought them out in spite of their sin. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And 1 Peter 4, 8 says, God's love covers a multitude of sins. When we see God's heart for us, we will learn to run to him instead of away from him. In the very beginning, God has pursued us. After Adam and Eve sinned, they did not run toward God. They ran away from him, hiding among the trees of the garden. Jesus used the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin to teach us that God pursues us. Jesus wanted us to understand the heart of God and that he knows each person intimately. Get your eyes off of man. Get your, guys, get your eyes off of the world system and get your eyes on God. Man's gonna let you down. The world system is going to let you down, but God will never let you down. Byrie, would you go ahead and share with them how you know him?
2: You know, I believe that there's some people that are listening to this podcast that you're, sent, you're feeling this emotion. You're feeling like a punch in the gut, like a a hearing of bad news that, oh, no, I'm not going to make it. Oh, no, I I have been in disobedience to God. Well, just like one decision in the Garden of Eden ruined it for everyone, your one decision can change the course of your life and the life of your family. And this is the decision you must turn to God in repentance and turn your back on this world and the enemy and anything else. And you must say, I can't do this. I'm a sinner. I've offended you. I'm sorry. And you must say, I believe in you. And I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place to help fix my problem. I can't fix myself. And you must believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, and that you must confess him and surrender to him as your Lord and Savior. If you would like to make that one decision today, I'm going to ask you to pray these words with me sincerely from your heart to God's heart and let us know you did this because we want to celebrate with you. So please pray with me today. God, I realize that I'm separated from you, and that I'm full of myself, and that means I'm rotten in sin. I admit that I'm a sinner, and I want to say I'm sorry, and I want to ask you, dear Lord, to forgive me. I consciously and figuratively turn away from this world and my sin and the choices that I made, and I turn to you that you are life, and you're the only way to heaven forgiveness, and hope for eternal life. So I trust not in my own self, but I trust I put my trust in you alone. And I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were buried and that you rose again, and that you are the only way to the Father. So Jesus, I invite you and your Holy Spirit to come live in me and and sit on the throne of my life and be my boss and master. I surrender And I ask you to lead me to righteousness and to a a surrendered life and and to make the decisions for me. It is not my life anymore. It's yours. So I ask that you would save me now and help me to be the man or woman that you want me to be for your glory, not mine in this world. In Jesus' name I pray. Pete.
0: Oh, man. Amen. 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 Um, we would love to hear from you. And if you did give your life to the Lord, if you go on to um, we have a Know God section on there. You can go to that, click on that, There, answer some more questions about God. And then at the same time, you can go ahead and just fill out and just let us know that you gave your life to the Lord. And we would love to get in contact with you, um, get you set up and, and, and really just get you Uh, started in discipleship and in anything else or get you connected with a good Bible-believing church or whatever it is, um, we would love to just come alongside of you in your journey as you get to learn and know more about Jesus. Bob, what else can they do to get in contact?
1: Well I think you mentioned the website the riotpodcast.com I just want to remind people about uh, our social media sites you can go to Twitter you can go to Facebook look up the riot podcast you can ask your questions there share any other ideas that, or maybe shows that you would like to hear us cover in the future we would, we love getting ideas from our listeners and uh if you are a podcast listener and have not checked out our YouTube channel you need to check it out you can see the 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 tricord of crazy guys in person as we do the the podcast on video as well and uh, wherever you go um make sure you you subscribe you click the like button and share it with somebody there's somebody out there that you know that could uh, could benefit from hearing this podcast today so i would ask that you would you would do that and you would share that so what an amazing show guys thank you it's always great to have the tricord in the house and uh, what an, uh, just an amazing day. Guys, have an amazing week of worship. We love you. And uh, thank you for listening. God bless you guys. Hey, it's great to be with you guys.
0: This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.